It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. Streaming flicks again this week from our homes, as that is all we can do as the cinema doors remain barricaded with armed guards and attack dogs keeping us out of the place we desire to be. Oh well. Directors and actors beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey there, Jim. Hey, hey. And the man who has two tickets to paradise, so pack your bags as I believe he leaves tonight. It's Murray. Yo. Hey there, Merman. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Okay. Thanks to all who've been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please support us and join the growing Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. All members get a special episodes and content only for members, along with all members that sign up, get a special limited edition Film Rage merch item if you cannot commit to a membership you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible film shout out to our biggest listening state colorado and for our biggest listening province in canada which is alberta we thank y'all for being number one in our hearts go rams and yeehaw nice Canyon Meadows Cinemas are open for their delicious concessions, popcorn, corn dogs, mini donuts, and more. Open Thursdays 4 to 9, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday 12 to 9 for takeout via curbside pickup. Just go to canyonmeadows.ca and enter your order. And by the way, by being one of our faithful Film Rage listeners, you can get 15% off. Just enter the promo code RAGEON. That's R-A-G-E-O-N to claim your 15% discount. Or, if you would rather have your snacks delivered, that is possible as well through Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, and DoorDash throughout Calgary. For more details, visit canyonmeadows.ca. And here, CMC would like to thank you for your continued support, and we hope to see you again soon at the cinema. We're streaming, Jim. All right, so we started streaming this week. Well, at least I started with uh, a little film that's on Netflix. Netflix? What's that? That Netflix. is a streaming service that millions and millions of people use. It's actually Maybe quite popular. It's Maybe even billions. Maybe trillions. Are trillions. Aliens. Aliens are watching Netflix. Uh, you didn't count the aliens, did you? 
Nope. Yeah, trillions is Sorry, actually aliens. a cons- it's a conservative one. I think that it might be yeah. even more than that. Mm. Who knows who's yep. watching? At any rate, we Jeff watched Bezos. we watched the woman in the window, which is brand new. And it is a film from director Joe Wright that stars Miss Amy Adams, who is currently, Adams. currently undoubted Amy Adams. And she's also Queen Turnip. The Queen of the Turnips. Is that what she dubbed her, Turnip? Yeah, well, we'll see. Anyways, uh, the woman in the window, Amy Adams, plays an agoraphobic woman in New York who witnesses an apparent murder while spying on her neighbors. It has a decent enough build as Anna, played by Adams, partakes in a steady diet of pills and alcohol. She takes a particular interest in the Russell family who lives across the street. The eventual reveal of the killer was more than predictable. The last act was a terrible slasher-style showdown that was as uninspired as the performances of the film's entire cast. Even Gary Oldman could not save this film. And what was the music? Like, seriously, especially in the final act. I was quite disappointed to find out the score was by Danny Elfman. This was the worst music Elfman has ever composed. Ugh. This was a mess of a film with mundane character development and an unimaginative climax. What little potential was there at the beginning of the film was forgotten by the end. This was a Amy Adams, you are no longer undoubted rage. Now, now, Mr. Meanie Bobini. Uh, I need to tell you that I fucking love Julianne Moore. I absolutely love her. Well, then you love about three minutes of this film. I'm just putting it out there. That Julianne Moore is fantastic. There you go. And I can't take it back. I won't apologize. Why would, why would you want I to fucking, take it back? I fucking love her. Princess Turnup, a.k.a. Amy Adams. I thought, me personally, as much as you may have hated this film, I thought, in my opinion... I thought this was the best job I've ever seen her in. Really? In the yep, in the vein of Tropic Thunder, she didn't play full retard and it allowed <laughs> her to shine. This music, in my opinion, was actually so amazing. I actually love the music in What? Because it was it was so weird. It was so it was so different. It was it was tolerable until that last. Well, Climax. I'm not going to say much about the last part, but I'm saying, like, it, okay, so the music part, it was so different. Like, it wasn't, it was nothing that I expected the film to go with, so I kind of liked it. Uh, the whole journey to Looney Town with Princess Turnip on board was done in my pretty, pretty farewell, pretty well. I, I actually really liked the layers and layers of the intrigue, plus Amy Adams uh, got to kick ass and punch dicks also. Who thought gardening could be so violent? I thought it was a great depiction of a film dealing with mental health and the and the confusion of whether it's mental health or just the facts. Not sure why we did not get enough Gary Oldman though, but we take what we can. I really like this. It was fairly turnip-tastic, but I couldn't get it to Mondo. Favorite line, see you at the block party by Mr. Gary Oldman himself. 
Yeah, I'm surprised good. you're so uh, generous with your with your it. rating, huh? I liked it. I I, I actually thought wow. I actually thought that um, I thought Amy Adams did an amazing job. I I I I did find it predictable, but I oh. thought there, I saw more emotion from her in this movie than I've seen in any movie I've seen her in. I Plus, it had Julianne Moore and it had Gary Oldman. I don't know what to so. say to that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Gary Oldman was fine, but oof, everybody else, eesh, not good, not yeah. good. Well. I think Murr probably watched it because he's got Netflix. Yeah, I was forced to sign up for Netflix, and now I'm on board with you guys doing that streaming crap. And yeah, I feel I feel the need, point. as it seems to be every week, to actually defend Amy Adams. Um, yeah, this wasn't. I literally mon- just said I loved her in this. Plus, movie. you <laughs> never had to defend her until this week because she was undoubted. Yeah, whatever. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, it wasn't a Mondo. Let's just start with that. Uh, it was the kind of movie I like. Did not find it predictable. I actually was quite surprised by the ending. And I actually watch a lot of mysteries and thrillers, as opposed to horror movies that you guys watch. Um, I, considering the source material, um, I think she did an amazing job. Uh, she was easily the best thing in the movie. And yeah, I love seeing her like fall apart and, you know, What's real, what isn't real, and yeah, drugs and fill and, and alcohol don't mix. That's just bad idea. Um, yeah, I thought all the acting was awesome, and I loved it. But yeah, it wasn't a total mondo. It was a high mess. Yeah, there you go. So it was two mess and a rage. It was yeah. a rage. But unfortunately, because it's a rage, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Amy Adams has got to start all over. Not a big surprise. Well. I think the surprise yeah, was that she was undoubted too. in the first place. No, I, I, no. I pretty much, I was not surprised that Bryce would hate it. I pretty much predicted that. That part was predictable. You were correct. I did yes. not like this film at all. I, I knew on Friday when I watched it that that Amy Adams would be off the undoubted list. To me, she was always undoubted, and she's always mesmerizing. But that's my own opinion. Okay. Well. I would agree that up until this movie, I would say she was undoubted. As would I, I obviously. She, I, I, I think that she was the least turnip that I've ever seen her in in this movie. She's the least turnip. That is a heck of an use, endorsement, Jim. I wish you could use something. I hate turnips. Try using a carrot. What? Maybe. Turnips are delicious. She can't be. She can't be. A, she can't be a carrot. We have who hates turnips. Why, why can't she be a carrot? Well, because we have we haven't got to carrot. Like, there's a level. We haven't of, got to it. There's a level like of carrots are better than turnips. Is that what? No, like potato. Potato is the ultimate of vegetables, and that's been taken. And then we had the turnip, which is also the very largest of the root vegetables. You're talking so, about size, she's, not she's, just like taste. I, I I'm just talking about. I don't I'm even know what's going on right I'm now. I'm just saying, I I hate turnips. I, I'm gonna call her something else. The apple of my eye. You don't. Is. You don't even. You don't even. Well, okay. So you know, a natural mix with turnip is apple. So there you go. It's the apple of your eye for the turnip of the acting world. Don't like there apples. we go. Anyway, move on. Okay, so we also got to see something on VOD. Mmm. And it's called Benny loves you. Loves me. Jack. He loves you and Murray and me. He loves you. Well, I, don't, I don't love him. 
in the collective movie. you, even the trillion number of aliens. I'm pretty sure Benny loved them too. Jack, a man desperate to improve his life, throws away his beloved childhood plush, Benny. It's a move that has disastrous consequences when Brent Benny springs to life with deadly intentions. It's got director, writer, and lead actor, Carl Holt. It also stars Claire Cartwright and George Colley, I want to say. Supposed to Coley? It's Colley. So, sure, let's go with Colley like the dog. No, let's just so say it's Colley because it's Colley, not go with it. Yeah. <laughs> Like the dog. I said like the dog. Yeah, but you're like, oh, let's just go with it like it might not be that. But no, it is. But it's also Collie like the dog. So what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? You love that tea. Yeah, you don't even drink tea. No, I don't. Caffeine and other sources. Yeah. Mm. So Benny loves you on VOD, which was one of our discount offerings from VOD for a long time. We have been paying $25 for movies not quite as good as this. Had... The worst creepy little fucker type on the planet right off the bat. The kind you want to punch in the face continually. And then voila, it happens and life becomes fantastic. Wink, wink. You know what I mean? You know when they punch a kid in the face and then rip their eyes out in the first five minutes? It's going to be a pretty awesome film. Every scene in this movie was fucking fantastic homage to horror films of the past. If I was not laughing my ass off, I was screaming, yes, this is awesome, including the banker character, which was so accurate. Again, wink, wink, as a banker, Chucky meets Grover, a.k.a. Benny, delivers on so many satisfying levels. I now have faith in the subgenre of horror films which I'm calling murderous toys. So many funny, stupid, funny parts. And if you were not looking very closely, you would miss all of these little things that Jack caught. For example, Jack gets caught in his office, misses the water bottle and how his parents die, or Jack coming out of his room after Benny comes to life and he comes out with a lightsaber as a protective weapon. So many back-to-back stupid, hilarious parts. It's like a fucked up Energizer bunny who keeps going and going and going and going. Had almost every horror influence from every horror movie ever made, but still made it funny, entertaining, and cute as a killer little button. I thought it did a get a little bit old near that we got to the end, but the film was such a fun ride all the way through it. It's can't wait for a sequel. And you know, I've never said those words. It was Mondo. What? I love this movie. You know what? I think it might have been made for me. You know what? I barely remember oh, the damn thing. I just... Oh, that good. Here, here are all my thoughts on Benny Loves You. I remember the glee that Benny had as he was killing. Wish that glee was more infectious. The gore was over the top. The absurdity was also over the top to the point that it was yes. enter- that it was entertaining. I'm not going to deny that. But the film is ultimately just forgettable. I honestly don't remember much of what I watched. It was mildly entertaining. But it was a mildly entertaining 94 minutes of meh. Yeah, well, you'd be wrong. I'd, I'd love, I'd so love to expound on like stuff, but honestly... How I- did you... 
I don't even remember. How did you not catch all of the inside jokes? Like there were so many inside jokes paying homage to so many. Oh, I'm sure in the moment that I'm sure in the moment I I probably did, but I was just uh, unimpressed. I was unimpressed. Wow. I laughed a few times, but ultimately, just. I I laughed the entire movie. I could not stop laughing this entire movie. It was meh. Ask well, me in a year if sad. I've seen it. I'll say, I don't know. I might have. I have a feeling maybe, and I'm just thinking this maybe, perhaps when you were watching it, you weren't in the right frame of mind. Yeah, that. I know. You, you're reading my mind right now. And I, you, you were not in the right frame of mind. I think I was in a fine frame of mind. I was. It was. It was late at night. I was sitting there watching it by myself. And uh, okay. if ever there was a good frame of mind to be in, I think I was I was there. I was ready. I was ready for Benny. I was ready for Benny to entertain me. And uh, how, how did you not love the first even in the first 10 minutes? I didn't, when the mom's when the mom slaps that little I didn't dislike anything. It's just nothing was it wasn't memorable. Oh man. It was I just a, it I'm was gonna, it was the definition of meh. I might buy it now. Yeah, that's right. what I'm going to do. Excellent. Okay, excuse me. I'll be right back. No, you can't buy it now. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll wait till later. Yes. Let me wait till later. Okay, well, we also got to see something on our favorite streaming service, which I'm going to put this out there right now. Shudder, if you ever listen to us, can you please just sponsor us? We've decided collectively, and I'm speaking for the entire Film Rage crew, that Shudder is the best streaming service, and every other one needs to try and get up to speed with where Shudder's at. I'm just going to say it. I like Shudder a lot. I'm they, in love with Shudder. They used to frustrate me, but now they just give me joy. It's pure joy. Joy, joy. Yes. Joy. To, happy, be, happy. to be honest, I mean, I hate to beat a dead horse, but uh, fried berry was worth the whole year's subscription. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of fried berry, fried berry listened to, to our episode, and I'm in the works to try and get us, because you had said last week, that you really wanted to get your fried berry underwear. So I'm working on it with them right now. If we can get fried berry underwear, they want us to have a photo shoot in their underwear in front of a cinema somewhere. I'm like, done. No. Count it <laughs> done. It's happening, man. Fried berry. By yeah. the way, I watched the short. <laughs> Loved it. I know. So right? good. So, so, so good. All right, anyways, we back to the matter at hand. We talked about fried berry enough I, last week. No, I don't think we did, and we definitely haven't this week, but we're, <laughs> we have to move on. There's only so many hours in the day. So is we there, are going to talk. Really, I think we're a little bit ahead of schedule. Perhaps we no. should. <laughs> should we, we talk are. about fried berry? No, I don't think we should. Maybe we should just talk about fried berry every episode. I think no. we should just rename the podcast. Until, it's the until. fried berry podcast. <laughs> we can watch it every week and we can just discuss it again and again. I like it. We should we should make a special just actually weekly segment where we say one thing that we we liked about fried berry. I like it. Anyways, sorry, what was the streaming service, Jim? Shutter. Dum dum. Thank you. All right, so it was the funeral home that we watched, aka a la funer- funeraria. <laughs> nice 
Ah, it's the story of Bernardo and his family amongst the supernatural entities that inhabit his home, which is also the same structure that he runs a mortuary business out of. Tonally, it is perfect. Pacing is very good. Love the way the whole movie was lit. The performances were great. The music was spectacular. The overall story was meh. The closing scene almost makes up for the tedious journey to get there, but not quite. This was a very interesting concept with a ton, a metric ton of potential where everything resonated perfectly except for the actual story. Ultimately, it is a style over substance meh. And that's all I got to say. That was pretty succinct. Uh, Merman, did you get to see this one? Uh, I did, and it may actually surprise you guys, but I somewhat agree with Bryce. What? Somewhat. What? Um, my summary of this film is I see dead people, and apparently I dance for them. That is what I take away from this film. Uh, it was slow. I kept waiting for stuff to happen and waiting for, like, I, you know, I've seen, like, you know, Poltergeist and all these other movies about possessed and houses and ghosts and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, where is it? Like, what, what is this thing that's causing the problems? Like, were you expecting to see Maggoty Chicken somewhere in the movie, Murray? No, I would thought I would see more supernatural crap than I actually did. Uh, and yeah, I felt like the, the daughter, about halfway through, I wanted to check out of the movie too. Um, <laughs> She actually checked out. She just left. I'm like, yeah, that's the smartest thing I've ever seen in a horror movie. You just leave. You just leave. If the yeah. shit's happening in the house, you just leave. That's, yeah, when that's the, the house big, says biggest answer. Get out. When you the get house out. says get out, get the fuck out. He's the smartest one in the whole movie. Was she um, though, Marie? Was uh, she though? I don't know. I, I, again, I disagree with the ending, though. The ending I thought was stupid. Oh, I love the ending. Oh, so stupid. That, all, uh, that, yeah, almost, it, that it, almost turned me, but not quite. Good. No, that that turned me the other direction. Oh. I, was, I, I, I didn't mind it up until that point, but it's like, oh, this is a oh, stupid way to end that the movie. That dance was fantastic. Whatever. So, yeah, just a meh. It was okay. Plus, you know, me and subtitles, foreign movies, not my thing. I think you I think you can actually put the shutter films on dub next time, Merck. I don't think you might get the American the Americanized version of that film. Okay I don't think you can. I think you're wrong there, Jim. Well I'll ch- I'll look I'll look. You, you, look, you, look. you are it incorrect. Say, it wouldn't I, have I, saved, it wouldn't have saved the movie anyway. I I I yeah, well didn't save it for you, but let's let me tell you what I thought of this ghostly little number Mm. okay i'm like first off the clf who's fucking annoying invisible people walking in the dirt giving love and admiration to the dad terrorizingly sweeping music and atmosphere clf going to the bathroom in a bucket naked dead things playing with hamsters i have no idea what's happening and i liked it In fact, the first three quarters of this film, I found so original, so quirky, and just the right amount of strange, it was so well done. The atmosphere, as Bryce had alluded to, was as thick as ghost jizz dripping over everything, so much creep, and still 
I had no clue what was happening and I didn't care. I wanted more. More, I tell you. More, more, more. The great ghostly sex, pants down, full arching ghostgasm at the same time as a monster attack. This has stuff in it that you just can't pay good money for. This film just building and layering. I'm totally confused and yet totally tuned in, creeped out and thinking, what the fuck? Creepy chained room with monster hands. And we are only 40 minutes into this. I was like, how? How? They just accept the fact that ghosts live with them and they're all okay with that. You know, it's a thing for funeral homes, I guess. Maybe that's just what happens in funeral homes. Must be mentioned and I'm not too sure why there is apparently three places that you can go to the bathroom at this funeral home number one in the outhouse number two in the bathroom and number three the bucket okay so right up until they fucked up the end of this movie what? i was loving everything but then it made a real 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 bad turn nothing can harm you don't leave the circle. I'm here. I'm all powerful. I think this house is clean. Or let me say, this house is clean. Like Poltergeist. Then I'm like, what the fuck happened? Yes, I know what the fuck was a common thing I was saying through this entire movie. But beginning of the film, it's all what the fuck for what's happening. And I love it because the story was so unique and intriguing. And at the end, I'm like, what the fuck? This end was so really stupid like and made no sense. When the Ramona character entered the movie, this is where the movie went bad. So lots of random ghost stuff, dripping in atmosphere and fucked up weirdness that only weirdos who live in a funeral home can provide. Then what I guess is an all-powerful psychic comes to save the day. Then dumbness ending and what could have been a great creepy fun time turned into a great majority of a film into a meh for bad endings. Plus, the CLF, as usual, ruined everything. Oh, the music was sweet and pretty much non-stop atmosphere. Damn endings. This was so close to fantastic. And then Ramona entered the screen. It was like... It made no sense. Her whole character made no sense because, you know, she's... I, I, I always hate it. It's like, it's like the, it's, I have a feeling that the writer, who was also the director, who's also... Wasn't it? Wasn't it the same writer and director? It was, Jim. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, so I think that he didn't have... He had too much control in this film, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in my rage. But... The, the ending, they didn't put enough thought into it. So I think it kind of ru it ruined it from a Mondo to a meh for me. I get what you're saying, Mer. So you know what that is, Bryce? What is that? Oh, I know what that is. That's the sign from... Uh, that's the read sign language, the, apparently. No, that's... Isn't that the same symbol from the Hunger Games, too? No, not quite. I'm pretty sure it is. I think it's three fingers. I right? think it's... No, not like that it is. Shabba, shabba, shabba. Shabba, shabba. Whatever. Okay, we got a triple meh there, people. Triple meh. Nothing but meh. For different reasons, apparently. But yes, we, we all arrived at the same place, and we all like different parts of the movie. Exactly. It's very no. strange. I, I, 
I have to say, just leave leave this movie with one final note. What's that? That I really did love the fact that the main actor got to have a, a ghost gasm. Because that to me was like the biggest surprise was like, what's happening right now? And then I'm like, oh, he's getting a blowjob from his ghost. It was awesome. And that's the note you want to leave on. Yeah. All right. So from there, yeah, uh, we watched a movie that will is playing at hotdocs.ca. Uh, yeah, All it right. is, man. It is. Excellent. Until, so, until May 27th, I am told. Is this correct, is Jim? True. This right. is very true. And its movie is called His Name is Ray from 2021. Yeah. And because we are buddies with gat.ca, the promotional company, we get pre-screenings of these things, which I love. Nice. So, uh, Ray used to be a sailor, but now he lives on the streets of Toronto. For years, heroin has been more important than home, family, or even life itself. But Ray dreams of getting back on the water and in the ultimate achievement of the oblivion he craves. Sailing away from it all. Directed by Michael Del Monte, who is a fantastic director, I might add. He's done a bunch of other really amazing stuff. So... Uh, the word I want to sum up for this movie is sorrow. Sorrow, sorrow. This film is raw and unfiltered. You want to know what living on the streets looks like, look no further. Alcohol, IV drug use, panhandling, depression, and friendship. This has everything you did and did not want to know about one man's life on the streets. If you are human and you see this film... Your heart will break, and I can't explain the sorrow levels this film took me to. I know people who live in shelters, but this film is not the film about shelters. This film is the streets. This film gets super hard to watch. Every minute this goes on, it's more and more hard to watch. It's depressing and heartbreaking and sad. It's like watching a human train wreck, and you can't do anything but watch and get more sad and heartbroken. I was on the edge the whole movie and the music just intensified the edginess of this film. Interesting how even though all of Ray's despair, he always seemed to be on a mission, nonstop, always moving. The only few times that they showed him not moving or going somewhere was when he was resting for a very small period of time or he was doing drugs. This film will move you it will shake your beliefs and thoughts about the homeless. This film was painful to watch at times, but it is also Mondo. Did you watch this, Murray? Um, I did. What'd you think? I let me be, well, <laughs> little backstory. Um, I spent the last year and a half dealing with people just like this guy in my work life. Uh, drug addicts and homeless people so it was a little too close to home for me and um, yeah well I can sympathize with his plight uh, it really I really couldn't feel much for him because it's like he did it because he did drugs like it wasn't like you know he was a stockbroker and he lost his job it's like basically drugs did him in like he he couldn't get clean and he didn't seem to want to help with anybody and and all the people he hung out with like the homeless people like the guy that robbed him has his own apartment i don't know how that even works he's not even homeless but he slept with them in his tent and stole all of his stuff 
like you actually let somebody into your tent and they steal all your stuff in the night then yeah you pretty much did it to yourself like don't trust people um i just didn't really enjoy it i mean i'm sure it was it was a mondo for everybody else i just didn't really like following this guy around was it a man or was it a rage i could never rage about it i just didn't really care enough it was just meh all right okay so my uh, no not my name is ray my name's bryce but his name is ray his name is ray uh an uncompromising look at ray he is homeless he is a heroin junkie. The doc pulls no punches. There is no illusions that his life will get better, as there seems to be comfort in his daily grind, as sad as that may seem to the viewers of this film. The singular focus of Ray, who seems to think he, that if he can get a boat and get back on the water, all his problems would cease to be. He thinks he could, you know, just sail away from all the obstacles in his life. There is a hopelessness to that, and that is unfortunately way too real. As depressing as this doc was, it was also an effective glance into the life of, of uh, that too many people live. Uh, this was an objective look at the struggle of one man's constant battle with his demons, all while just trying to survive. This was a very, very, very real mondo. Um... Kit's a little close to home, too, because I have a brother that uh, mm. could have followed him around, and it would probably be something very similar. Yeah. it's You know, okay, so that, that kind of bodes a question for me to you, buddy. Do you, watching this movie, like, obviously you knew what your brother's lifestyle was, but mm -hmm. how, when you were watching this, how did it make you feel from, like, were you bringing up emotions of, from your brother, and how do you feel about it? Uh, actually, as I was watching it, uh, the doc was actually so well done that I was focused on Ray. And okay. then once the doc ended, it all kind of came down on me that, man, I just watched a doc about my brother. Um, so and in the moment, it was, uh, I wasn't an emotional mess cause I, you know, I've, I've dealt with that dealt with it. and you know, it is what it is and there's nothing I can do about it. And he just like, just like Ray, he doesn't really want anybody's help. Um, my brother also has some other issues as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly watching it, I was so focused on Ray cause this was so well done, um, that I, I didn't think about it much, but it definitely hit me after the, the, the film was over that, uh, yeah. yeah, there was, there was a definite parallel there. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the, the fact that Murray saw this in his daily job on a regular basis, it does give you a different view, viewpoint of it, Murray. So I kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, if I hadn't done that for the last year and a half, I might have had a little more feeling emotion for it. Because, yeah, I didn't really grow up with money either. So, I mean, I've struggled my whole life to stay off the streets. But, and, and you know, this guy, there was help for him. He just didn't want to ask for it. He didn't want to get help. If he, but, okay, if he had actually so gotten help. He might be on a on a sailboat today, or on a boat on the river yeah. somewhere. Well, I think, I, I, and I think that's he didn't want to turn his life around. Movie. That he, was well, a problem. I I think that you know they had brought that up enough in the movie that he was, um, you know, some people you can't help, like his girlfriend that wasn't his girlfriend anymore. Nobody, everybody was trying to help him, but unless Ray wants to help himself, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. And I remember, and I'll maybe believe it on this note with you, but Murray. Um, you all, I think almost, or maybe you did, or you almost lost your job because you were being too compassionate to the homeless at that one place that you were. Um, I, I pretty much did. Um, 
um, basically they just removed me from the building from the shifts. I mean, I, I did the best job I could, but because I wasn't more forceful and more, you know, because I had, I had compassion for people who were, it was minus 20 and they were sleeping in an ATM uh, at Best Buell. It's like, I didn't want to throw them out. I mean, they're not hurting anybody. Uh, yeah. But yeah, because of that, basically, I no longer worked at that, that company. But it was a good thing, a blessing in disguise anyway. But yeah, no, it definitely is not the kind of industry that you, you can't have compassion if you're going to do it. So, yeah. All right. So, on that note... Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. I loved the drippy gooiness that was the funeral home. But I think this is another situation where we have a writer director that needed either to take one helm or the other. I do not like it when we have what I would guess I'd consider sloppy writing at the end that it just infuriated me because this movie should have been a super mondo and I just think that they just dropped the ball and made it too convenient at the end so for that reason I'm going to say directors and writers if you're going to be the same if you're going to be do the same thing if you're going to be it first off I don't think it should be your first film I think it should be like your fifth film maybe be the writer or be the director or be the director and not the writer so that you can bring that vision but if you're too close to the the project i think there's a great chance that you may not get it i kind of want to see what more about what um morrow uh ivan or day or or ojeda maybe yeah. Yeah, uh sure. i i kind of want to see more oh, of what this Ojeda. guy does because he knows how to he knows how to bring the atmosphere i can tell you that but um like sometimes you gotta, you sometimes you gotta drop one ball to pick up another, and I think that's my rage this week. Moro Ivan Ojeda. Sure. There you go. I actually have a bigger problem with uh, uh, actors slash directors than I do writers, because I mean, if you want to write the script yourself, that's fine, as long as you have uh, you know somebody else to help you along the way. But once the script is done, then you can do the directing. But actors who direct themselves, unless they're good, you can tell. It just, it, I mean, I've seen so many independent films with my previewing of people who write, produce, act, and direct. They do everything, and it's like sometimes you just shouldn't. Yep. <laughs> just do one yep. of the one or the other. Pick one and, of your friends. And, and, uh, pick one of your friends to direct you if you want to be a star of it. Yeah. Well, I would agree. That's another bandwagon I would easily jump on. All right, Bryce, what you got, baby?
Yeah, I don't got much. I think I may have raged so hard last week that I am temporarily out of rage. Although the fact that Danny Elfman's score for the woman in the window was so ineffective, contrary to what Jim thinks, and probably the worst effort that he has ever put forth, contrary to what Jim thinks, for a film that uh, this made me a little angry. Uh, come on, Danny, you're better than that. Your job was to elevate the subpar writing, definitely subpar writing, and lackluster acting. Oh, the acting was not good. With your music, and you failed to do so. He's done music for some pretty bad films in the past, but his music has never been part of the problem. The music was part of the problem this time. I guess that's my rage. I don't know. That's a, you know, it's justifiable. You know, we do like to talk about music a lot. I she didn't mind it. Didn't really. No, I, either I one actually way or the, the other. music. I thought it was choppy and unique. Like most but I do Danny agree Elfman. the end music. I do agree oh. with Bryce, the end music. <laughs> That, was not the best. In that that ridiculous end ending scene with, with it, its movie turned inexplicably into a, a slasher thing, I, I don't know what the heck that was. Um, that was deplorable. That music and the just I, I like I laughed and I don't think I was supposed to laugh. It was probably the most enjoyable part of the film for me, just because it was so ludicrous and ridiculous. But sometimes. That's not good enough. Sometimes when I'm laughing, when I really shouldn't be, that might be a rage. You, you do remember, though, that Julianne Moore was in this movie, right? And she was very good. I think he forgot. No, I, 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 didn't, I didn't forget. I remember. I, I do have to agree, though. I, I, I think Gary Oldman's character was a bit of a throwaway. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it was weird. He come into it and he just starts screaming. It's like, yeah. it's like, what are you doing? Like he, that was one of the most unnatural characters that has ever been written in any movie ever. Because he just he comes in and he's immediately on the defensive about everything. And he's just because he's guilty. And he just, well, this, this but he wasn't guilty. Him in the window. If my neighbors were peeping yeah. in my windows, I'd probably get pissed off oh. too. Like. He just, he was just angry all the time. And yeah, I he just, was a jerk. he was, he was he not, was no, he was just not. Cause he believable. was a jerk. Anyways, we've gotten off my rage. My rage is Danny was... Elfman, not Gary Oldman. Stop trying oh, to distract sorry. me. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Rage. Subsiding. Pulse. Slowing. Anger fading. All right. Looking for a podcast all about nerddom. Want a podcast with an emphasis on representation? The Nerd Alternative is the podcast for you. Join me, Ram. Me, Hassan. And me, Levi. Three black British nerds tackling the pop culture we love and sharing why we love them. The Nerd Alternative, a sweet melting pot of all things nerdy. Have you checked this one out, Jim? I fucking love the Nerd Alternative. This podcast is amazing. Everybody needs to check it out. Check it. If you're listening to us right now, just pause it and then go on to your streaming site and then come back to us after. But go listen to the last episode of the Nerd Alternative Podcast. You will not regret it. Okay, then. Well, uh, this week I may surprise you. Uh, and just a little forewarning I actually borrowed this from an article I read online. Doesn't mean it wasn't, you know, accurate. Uh, please, someone, 
let's finally get Amy Adams her Oscar. She has had, just you let me finish. She has had six Oscar nominations without a win. And on paper, the woman in the window could not actually put her over the top. Unfortunately, hard for me to say, thanks to a troubled production and iffy source material, she may be waiting a while longer. Uh, Only thing worse than a talented actor repeatedly being denied a long overdue Oscar is seeing the same actor resort to any means necessary to break their losing streak. Uh, Take Leonardo DiCaprio. His solution was to get tossed around like a rag doll by a CGI bear and eat raw bison liver. Um, There's no doubting Leo's commitment or talent, but let's face it, nobody remembers The Revenant for anything other than the grueling ordeal that finally got him his Oscar. I remember the whole thing. I love the whole yeah, thing. I remember, I remember it was a rage for me. I Glenn love Close that has, movie. Glenn Close has now received eight Oscar nominations without a win, which unfortunately ties her with the late Peter Rotzul for the worst uh, Academy Awards luck of all time. Should have won for Albert Nobbs. Really, it's actually a relief that she didn't end her streak this year for, of all movies, Hillbilly Elegy. Um, now, Amy Adams, you may laugh at this, is a generational talent and jack-of-all-trades movie star. Oh. I Just look at her versatile body of work. From Enchanted to her role in Vice, uh, she always puts in a good performance. And yet, the Oscars managed to elude Adams, who's now up to six nominations. It was some consolation the Academy didn't even bother to nominate her for Elegy. A shameless and trashy piece of Oscar bait that none of the actress's usual depth and nuance. But for Adams, as with Close, the message was clear. I want that Oscar and I'll do whatever it takes to get it. And which is why they pick projects like that. If the Academy actually recognized the best film performances in a given year, this wouldn't even be an issue. She was exceptional in Arrival. Emma Stone actually went on to win that year for La La Land as the person who patiently listens to Ryan Gosling rant about jazz. And Adams was snubbed by the Oscars entirely that year. Now, the Academy loves it when a movie star does the most, the absolute most. I understand why she was drawn to a starring role in Woman in the Window. It was an adaption of Daniel Mallory's best-selling novel of the same name. Rear window illusions aren't hard to spot, even if you don't actually spot the actual movie playing uh, in the movie. Unfortunately, there's been more than a fair share of controversy. In a 2019 interview, the writer actually was exposed for lying about having a brain tumor, his mother dying of cancer, and his brother dying by suicide. He lied about all that, the guy who wrote this. Not to mention his book borrowed liberally from the 1995 thriller copycat without giving him credit. The film actually began, uh, began production a year before all this stuff came out. There were all kinds of reshoots that left the writer actually saying the experience kind of sucked. That's what she said. Uh, the original production company, Woman in the Window, 20th Century, was sold the film to Netflix last year. So what could have been a big, you know, box office thing for Adams became a disaster. But the movie's issues are no fault of its own, of its star. She gives it everything she has, only so much she can do. In a movie so jarring that the de- her downstairs tenant actually goes from being nice to threatening her life in the space of a half an hour. Given her number of snub performance, I'm starting to believe Adams has some kind of curse. If logic prevailed, she should have won an Oscar years ago. 
for Junebug, Enchanted, Arrival, The Fighter. Take your pick. She might be do, not doing herself any favor lately with her project choices, but let's just hope that she'll find the right movie and the right role to finally get the award. All right, rage on, Bryce. No, no, you, this is the Merman Minute. Yep. We don't want to judge your thoughts, Mer. I, I think <clears throat> up until that last movie, she was undoubted. There we go. I must not ready to take her off for a movie that wasn't her fault. She did the best she could. That's uh, not well, how it works, Murray. That's we've been over this. Works, yep. Whatever. If you choose to be in a movie and it's not great, then that's what happens. And if you choose to be in two movies that are just okay, that's another reason. And speaking of the lists, we are going to talk about Thomas Winterberg because... We need to get, I want to say, three Mondos out of this, don't we? Am I right or am I right? I don't know. Are you right? I think so. I think so. Uh, we're talking about the command then? This is what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, we are. So if the command... Because... What, what, was, uh, is what, a mo- what was it sandwiched okay, so, with? Okay, so it was sandwiched with Druk, or another round. Which was meh. Which Marie, which, which Marie gave it a mondo. You and I both gave it mess. Uh, uh, and uh. so we aren't moving any forward. We, should, we kind of went further past this, but this is the movie that's the stopper. So, uh, okay, Marie, okay. did you get to see the command? Or have you seen yeah, it? I did. I get to start? Yep. All right. Was it mondo? Absolutely. All right. I absolutely love this. I've loved submarine movies since Hunt for Red October. And this had a lot of similarities. Uh, For me, it was like Apollo 13 underwater, except the Russians were basically incompetent. (laughs) Uh, And it had Max von Sydow in it. I mean, that was a shocker. It was an excellent thriller. It was was very well acted. And who was also evil, by the way. Yeah, he was evil. He plays evil better than anybody. Uh, yeah, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Um, only one thing bothered me about this whole movie is that nobody spoke Russian. Uh, like, I've watched other movies. Even, like, Harrison Ford, I think, spoke Russian in a submarine movie at one time. And my favorite movies of all time, Unfred October, Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, Tim Curry, and Sam Neill all managed to speak Russian and with marginal Russian accents. Okay, but, so... But nobody in this film actually spoke Russian. It was all in English. I'm 100%. Okay, so I'm going to completely argue with you there because that is literally one of the things that annoys me the most of any movie subtext is when you have a movie and they expect you to have an accent for that particular... Well, it's not even the accent, just speaking the language. Like, this was this was the Russian Navy. These yeah. were Russian uh, officers. Yeah. And and I mean, I can read subtitles for minutes at a time if they're just going to yeah. speak to each other in Russian. But they spoke to each other in English. That's the only thing yeah. that bothered me. But it's still I, a, it's still a mondo, but that just bothered me. I I thought I they should have put more effort into that, but I, I absolutely hate when they put accents on people when they're speaking English in a movie. Yeah, but like it's I said, like but, they're speaking our language. They're speaking But if to they're speaking Russian, then it's okay. Like yeah, they could they can speak- learn Russian. Well, then the they, actor, they the actor could have learned Russian. 
They should have hired non-Dutch actors. They but, should have. But then you'd have to. But actors. then you'd have to read subtitles, Murray, and you hate subtitles. Hey, I got through Hunt for Red October. And it wasn't all in in Russian. Just okay, Sean, it, was, it was enough to make it appear that it, yes, they're actually Russian. Uh, Sean Connery. I have no is, idea why Sean we're Sean Connery to speak with a Russian accent. Why? Was brutal. He is he is terrible at accents, but he he <laughs> actually learned the Russian. Why are he, we talking about this? He learned Russian, this? like. Like how, how? These are paid actors. They can't learn Russian. I don't know that's, what's going on right now. I'm perfectly happy that they didn't. All right, yeah. but let me tell you. I also thought this movie was Mondo. I think though that Thomas Vinterberg may be an alcoholic. You think? <laughs> I think so. I think every movie he makes lately is there's tons of drinking oh. in it. I'm just saying, uh, submarine explosions are scary. I like the full coverage of this story above and below deck underwater scenes were super cool and i love the fact they did not stray from the real story that this movie was told by so after watching the movie i went and read about the actual events and well they made minor changes because of of the film but it stayed pretty much right on target so we don't want to spoil it if people haven't seen this because there's a big spoiler at the end that helps you stay on your seats. So don't read the true story of, of the command first. Make sure you go and watch the movie. And I then go look at the real how story. Did, how 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 okay. I think that well, no, most people would have known about this going in. I didn't. I, I didn't know about that. that. I okay. I had no idea. Okay, well, then I guess I'm in the minority because as soon as it started, I'm like, oh, this is about that. Yeah. And oh, I guess so. So I I've, I, yeah, so I've, I watched the command back to back with his name is Ray. What a, what a depressing double feature. Um, yes. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> anyway, the command paints a picture of despair as clearly as can be. As I watched, Vinterberg steered my emotions exactly as he intended. He made me laugh. He made me angry. He made me hopeful, even though so I'm going to spoil things, even though I knew the final result because well, everybody cause knows. Only... I don't know what I the heck know. you guys are talking about. How could you not? Anyways, ultimately, this film was Mondo. Vinterberg is still on deck for Undoubted, but we still got okay, some work well, to do. Okay, well, let's break it down. Well, look, well, let's go down the list. So we got, we got, he's passed Druk yep. slash another round. Yep. He's got the command. Yep, the Mondo. commune was Mondo. Yep. The commune was Mondo. Far from the Maddening Crown was Mondo. Yep. The hunt was Mondo. Yep. And, and here's where we fall off because I don't think I've seen anything else here. Really? You didn't see Metallica the day that never comes? That is not a full feature. I don't what are you talking about, Jim? You've brought this up back to back weeks. Do you got like water on the brain? Is there something wrong with you? It's I'm on just, his I'm film just, credit. You got called I'm out for like, it last week because it's not a feature, <laughs> and then you do the same thing again this week. I know. You need I'm to go to you, you. you need to I'm go to the doctor up. and have I'm, your brain I'm, looked at because I think there's I'm, something wrong. I'm warming you up for Okay, so what you're saying is you haven't seen Submarino is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Or okay, I so think Bryce there's two, right? Submarino. And then the What's one it, before no, I've seen I've seen Submarino and yeah. The Hunt we both seen it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that they go eight back though. There's two, okay, so right? One, Submarine, two, what's below? Three, four, five, six. A man comes home. I haven't seen. That's and eight. Wendy. Yeah, so there's, I like, there's literally three that I have to see, and I think you probably have to see two. Yep, I do. So yeah. 
So we Bryce has to see San Marino. Uh, well, okay. Why don't okay? Why don't we go see if we can find a man comes home? Uh huh. And dear dear Wendy, we'll see one of those before Submarino. Yeah, that makes that makes good goat sense. Perfect. But we'll find next week. Check in. We're gonna have an update on our boy Thomas Winterberg. Cause Submarino for Bryce, it's already a mondo for me. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a mondo for Bryce. But um, even if it's a man, he's still moving on. So let's go straight to uh, Man Comes Home. Okay. I'll watch that. Sounds good. Okay. I'll try to find it. I will also see it. Uh, I got an update for you. Yep. Uh, I watched the uh, new Angelina Jolie action flick, Those Who Wish Me Dead. And okay. the reason that this is significant is it has a, uh, a gentleman that is in the undoubted list his name is john bernthal oh okay yeah i'm sure he was very good in this this movie was not very good is it a rage this movie was a meh which forced me to do a john bernthal double feature because (laughs) before this he was in a movie called vienna and the phantoms it sounds like a man before you even tell me what you thought of it. it. <laughs> Vienna and the Than- Phantoms was the same as those who wish me dead. It was also a man. So wah. bye, bye, Bernthal. It pains me because I'm the one that got you on the list, and I was very proud of it because it was one of those actors that you're like, what? But I was I like, knew yeah. He wasn't last. I, knew I he wasn't thought last, he would continue though. to s- pick the stellar, stellar projects. But uh, yeah, no, these, these back-to-back Mez. Bernthal, you're no longer undoubted. So we got some, we got some yeah. names to take off. Bernthal is off the undoubted list. And uh, as much as it pains Amy me Adams. to say, Amy Adams, that latest, the woman in the window is such a rage. Uh, she's no longer undoubted either. But, but Thomas Winterberg is still on He's deck on deck. And moving forward. And we're going to be seeing, what was it called again? Uh, something about a boy. No, that's not. That's not it. Uh, home. Coming home. Something home. Uh, so we got boy in the title, doesn't it? A man no, comes home. There we go. Boy, man, whatever. I was totally right. In your mind. Yes. All right. A man comes home. I'm gonna write that down, Jim, just so that you I don't. Probably write it so, down. Just so I don't. Watch some random boy movie. Yep. Like, how about the movie Boy? Yeah, I'll watch Boy and go, that was a rage. He's off. What? Vinterberg had nothing to do with that. Not that boy. The boy by Taco Watiti. Ah, I love that movie. That's a mondo. That keeps him on. (laughs) Thank you, Thomas (laughs) Watiti. Thomas Watiti. All right. Uh, what else is going on with the list this week? Has anybody got anything? That's a... Murray, got anything? No. Well, <clears throat> your Winterberg was a great suggestion, by the way, because he's still rolling. Still he is. Yep. All right. You know what time it is. I don't. All right, then. The moment everybody's been waiting for. Is it the moment everybody's been waiting for? Really? I don't know about that. I think Maybe. it might be. Maybe, Maybe you're yeah. right. 
All right. Last week on Rage or Dare, our pal and membership uh, member, membership member, really, Juline from It Goes Down in the PM podcast was our last paid dare in our pile. So Jim will be pulling from one of our stank bags this week. Yes, we have not touched each other's bags in so long. We forgot what true rage can look or feel like. Last week, Juline dared us to see Leprechaun 5 in the hood. Let's see if Warwick Davis is adorable enough to make Bryce rage again or not raging, or is his memory of the franchise maybe not as full of gold as he thought? Let's check in with Jim first, as I feel he does not have a great fondness for the Irish culture as our resident ginger adjacent friend Bryce does. Yeah, he's he's not wearing his he's wearing his ginger covered hat today. Yes, so he's covering up his ginger are, today. Yeah, I don't know where this ginger thing came from, and I'm not sure why this continues to be a thing. I am not ginger. I don't know what you're talking about, but have you at sure it. Not, you sure there isn't, there isn't a freckle on my yeah. face. Well, maybe the freckles the are on your face. The, does the curtain match Exactly. This is the question. And he certainly but is. Everybody an, wants to know. He certainly has an Irish temper. He does have an Irish temper. He says he's not, but apparently he is in the I inside. think he really is. My grandmother okay, Frame so, was Scottish, and my grandmother Hollingsworth uh, was English. There is no Scottish, Irish. And you know what happens when a Scottish and an English person mate? They make an Irish person. That's right, they that do. Okay, is not That's true. Right. That is a lie. I think you are think you are Irish making things up right now. Seeing as how we don't have a listener in Ireland seems, yet, seems we're right not to me. Really offending anybody. Seems, so, seems right to me. <laughs> sounds pretty right to me, too. Yeah. Okay. So, first off, platform shoes and iced tea should make for a great movie. And how about and that say, wig? And I say should. The acting, or what they may call acting, was so awful. I'm wondering where the kids from this movie came from. This film was so awful. I thought it was a Tyler Perry production. The killings were awful. And the budget must have been maybe $2,600. And that's being generous. And that includes the leprechaun makeup bill. Every scene was painful to watch. I don't know where to start. I mean, I love Warwick Davis just as much as the next man. But this is the kind of slasher film. Oh, wait a minute. Was this actually an, a slasher film? There wasn't, wasn't even any slashering in it. No. I did like it when the leprechaun sticks the wood door but oh god everything about this movie was dumb and what the fuck is with the force and i say the force like powers that the leprechaun has sometimes he's got leprechaun powers sometimes he doesn't uh, it's kind of like dude either have it or don't have it basically a terrible journey of one bad acting stage set to another bad acting stage set and the stupid leprechaun powers were so dumb as fuck it made me angry the stupid rhymes of the stupid leprechaun got stupid real fast and i meant real fast and i'm sorry but really the leprechaun let the people who stole his shit live but then he kills mr young the only asian in the whole movie whatever the only funny thing on this movie was the grandma dream sequence there was a favorite line though and it's the only line that Warwick Davis says that was actually funny. I'm here to claim me gold, shillings. Now give them back or there'll be killings. That was gold. That is gold. This wasn't funny. 
This wasn't scary. This was exactly what our listener, Julian, dared us to see. It was a rage. This movie was awful. It was a rage. For it was some a super people, rage. For some people, I'm sure it was a rage, but was it that bad? It was awful. How could you not think anything? Come on. This Warwick Davis. It, was, it wasn't it was that not, bad. Oh my god, you can't make exceptions for Warwick Davis, but um, but, as an aside, you, you brought up Tyler Perry, and, and I forgot to mention that Tyler Perry was actually in that Angelina Jolie action flick, too. So I don't, you're saying if Tyler Perry makes another meh, he comes off the doubted list? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if his next film is a meh, Tyler <laughs> Perry might not be doubted. Because he did a, okay. because he okay. did like can a, we, a two minute cameo can, in this can we movie. Stop! Can we just stop the insanity that has become our podcast? Like Bryce is taking people like Tiffany Haddish off our doubted list. He's now considering taking Tyler Perry off the doubted not, list. I, if I remember correctly, it's all on Tyler Perry. It has nothing to do. When Tyler Perry got added to our list, yes. I seem to remember Bryce saying. That there's no possible way that Tyler Perry could ever get off that list. Hey, if as long as the movie, the next movie that he's in, he either wrote or directed, there's no way he's coming off. But if he does another cameo in a, in a you know, an okay flick, then I guess he comes off. Unfortunately, it has nothing to do with him, but eh, that's the way that these lists work sometimes. Uh, what were we talking about? Okay, while you're while you're hoping talking about how terrible this movie was which it terribly was leprechaun 5 in the hood was not quite as good as i remembered it um all right finally (laughs) it almost seemed like they turned down all the violence and the gore down to about a three when it needed to be about an 11 it had a very made for tv feel the humor was little flat for the most part and at times it was non-exist at times it was a little racist but i still enjoyed watching warwick davis running around dressed as a leprechaun how can you not enjoy that this is warwick davis he's a leprechaun it's great just go back can you not just go back and watch the movie that made him famous because that movie was fantastic the first leprechaun no. no guess again one that even i saw Yeah, Willow. The only That's good it. movie he's been in. Oh, wait, no, he was in a he bunch was, of Harry Potter. He was in a couple Star Wars. Yeah, he was yeah, in the... He's in the Hitchhiker's Guide. He's in the... Pretty sure he Did, didn't he play R2? No, no. Was, he was, so that was, that was Kenny Baker. Yeah, sorry. no, he was an Ewok. No, man. he wasn't even... No, yeah. Yeah, he was. Sort of. He was sort of an Ewok? No, he was an Ewok. Yeah, I guess. What do you mean, he was guess? Ro- <laughs> he, is, he was in Rogue One. That's the important. There you thing. go. That's the one I remember. The best, the best Star Wars movie ever made. There you go. Anyways, what were we talking about? We're talking about remember. how terrible this movie was. Oh, uh, so here's the, here's the thing. So I remember kind of liking it, this in the hood thing, but it, it was it was bad. It wasn't. It was, you know it wasn't. It was a rage. Do not. Uh, okay, if yeah. you give this anything but a rage. Nah, it wasn't a rage. You are. You so have. A weak here's the thing. Sense. I I followed up after I watched part five by watching part six. Leprechaun back to the hood. And it was a little better, but it still wasn't great. Um, these weren't rages, though. I can understand why some folks may seem them that way, but they are still nowhere near bad enough to warrant being part of this segment. I yep. will say, though, after watching these films, 
that you can pretty much stop watching this series after the first three films. As much as it pays me to say, even part four, Leprechaun in Space, was a bit of a turkey. I am now Are just... Are you making that up? <laughs> no, that's that, part that's four. That's a movie. Leprechaun in Space oh, is a movie, my friend. God. Has an it seems movie, it seems like a can't-miss concept, but it actually oh, yeah. did, it amazingly did miss. The only in space movie I ever want to see is Machete in Space. Machete. Otherwise, every other space movie can just. Well, the trailer looked fantastic can, at the end of Machete can fall Kills. Fall to the ground like gravity. So I, I I'll just uh, end this by saying I'm just, just glad that not only are we going back to our regular format, but also that Jim just might pick from my bag, and we can demonstrate to the listeners what this segment is really about. And that's you know all what? I got to say. I'm going to pick up that. I'm going to pick up that. Gauntlet. Oh, do it. I am going to choose from your bridge bag. Nice. This is very exciting for me. I've, I got a whole bag of good stuff here. You ready I'm for it? excited. Y'all ready for this? I'm just randomly picking something. There we go. Yep. I got yep, it. I'm seeing it. Yep, I got it. Yep. One. Okay, and he's going to now read to me what I'm going to see for next week. Do you like John Bon Jovi? I sure do. Who doesn't? It's, wait a minute, Moonlight and Valentino? Moonlight and Valentino. This is what Rager Dare is all about. You know what? I kind of like John Bon Jovi singing. Maybe he'll sing a song in this. <laughs> well, let's hope that just like the last musical singer that turned actor from your bag, that I can still get this movie. <laughs> oh, you're going to be having to hunt for glitter and <laughs> Moonlight and Valentino, unless Murray can find it in his $2 bags of movies. No. All right. Well, if you can't, I will be glad to pull another one from my bag. But I think you'll right. find it. I'm going to try as hard as hard can be. As hard as ghostgasms. Okay. Well, what a jam-packed episode this was. Thanks again, Rages, for listening. Rage love out to Julene from It Goes Down in the PM podcast and James, our two members, subscribers. Thanks to the extended film rage crew of Leonard Conlon for assistant vision and photography via Leonard Conlon Photography. For Bex Goose for her animation skills at Potato Lady podcastreviews.com thanks to our sponsor Canyon Meadows Cinema go and support your local independent cinemas near you as they need your help to survive people find us on social media Facebook Twitter and Instagram at FilmRageYYC check out everything FilmRage at FilmRageYYC.com including our merch site for Redbubble and TeePublic see what we look like on our YouTube channel by searching FilmRage Podcast we are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners so please comment often everywhere you feel including FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com on Podchaser and Apple Podcast dare us to see terrible movies to fuel our rage but no matter what you do please make us rage that's it for this week rage on rage on, rage on.